You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Behind the Mask. Behind the Mask, back again, episode two. Uh, college hockey's officially commenced. How are we feeling, boys? I'm feeling great. I got to catch a couple games over the last couple days, and it's just it's refreshing to see college hockey again. I, I miss a little bit of the, the NHL bubble life, but that's long gone, two or three months now, and I've just missed seeing some live hockey, and it's back. I love it. Yeah, it's a, it's a breath of fresh air at this point. Uh, see some Big Ten action over the weekend. Didn't get a chance to catch it myself. Saw some highlights of it over the weekend, but, you know, just really prepared for this week, and hopefully we see some uh, some good hockey played. Yeah, it was weird seeing hockey highlights with, uh, without ads over the jerseys because it's coming from Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a big episode. Michigan State plays hockey tomorrow here in East Lansing. Uh, and announcement, uh, we have infiltrated the college bubble. I will be there live reporting tomorrow. I will plug my Twitter later. But I'll be running from there. No broadcast live yet because we're facing that shutdown. And little segue, we're going to dive into some seniors that left. Uh, and we, we have some breaking news. Uh, Michigan Ooh. State workhorse uh, goaltender from last season, John Letheman, about an hour and a half ago, signed a USHL contract with the Greenville, with, yeah, with the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. So congrats to Letheman. That's what's up. After job, last season, very well deserved. There. And yeah, I think I think he is going to do it really well. I mean, if he takes off any any uh talent that he had of last year, he'll he'll end up doing good in there. But um as we talked about, seniors that departed, uh John Lutheman, one of the biggest ones in net, he he basically had the whole net to himself last year. It was it was the early battle with DeRitter, but he showed that he was the one to take it and oh my goodness, he had how many shutouts did he have? like I feel like he had five or something it was it was crazy he, he did a great job but another couple seniors that left we talked about in the last podcast how five of our seven leading scorers left but we lost Sam Saliba he was captain on the defense Patrick Kordorinko our leading point and goal getter Logan Lambden Boutros Gafari and Jared Rosberg so lots of big shoes to fill we'll talk about that a little bit later in the episode with what we think the lines are going to look like but a lot of good seniors leaving, but a good stream of freshmen coming in here. Oh, definitely. And I think the ones uh, that are going to hurt you most are the loss of Kodorenko and Rosberg. But, you know, uh, Saliba did wear a steal on his chest. Lambden played some useful minutes killing penalties. Uh, Gafari was solid on the back end. Left him, of course, it's harder to replace what he's going to do in net. But now, now you're going to give DeRitter a chance. And, yeah. Interesting because Michigan State brings in 10 new guys. Nine freshmen will enter transfer. But as I said, uh, the Big Ten was in action. Wisconsin played Notre Dame. Uh, made all of us, but uh, but specifically me, look really, really stupid. Uh, I called out of the gates that Wisconsin is going to start their year 0-6. And look at me. They went 2-0 with a shutout in game one in South Bend. And 5-3 uh, and three in game two. Did any of you catch anything from that game? Or series. I I didn't catch any of it, but I saw the uh, Cole Caulfield hit. That was uh, it's pretty interesting. That was it though. <laughs> Clean hit. I'll I'll back myself up on that. When you're five seven, every hit looks dirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on to the one that is more pressing, of course, in this area, uh, Arizona State versus Michigan. Of course, uh, Michigan State plays Arizona State tomorrow, and Michigan was the team that I kind of vouched for last week and yeah uh michigan committed a they, they committed a, a crime on arizona state in game one they 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 destroyed them eight to one arizona state got seven power plays and finished the game with 16 shots i don't know how that's possible no idea <laughs> not, Top not, not yeah. sure you're you're up a, a guy on 14 minutes of the game like almost whole period, and you have sixteen shots. I don't know. I mean, I get that you're. I mean, I mean, I get that you're playing. You know, Cam York and Strauss Man, and it's, it's hard to score in Michigan. But like, that's that's scary. And and uh, Yost didn't even didn't even have a crowd behind them. 
I mean, but yeah, Cam York and go ahead. Yeah, okay. Sixteen shots, seven power plays. I mean, you re- like I don't know what the stats were for shots on any of those power plays, but either you can't hit the net, or that's that's got to be ridiculous shot blocking. Um, I mean, in, in that case, Arizona State couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. Cool. I mean, that's just that's a crime. 16 shots on seven power plays. I mean, hey, who knows? Maybe they were all going for that top corner, you know, hit off the hit off the bar, hit off the post, and they just missed it by inches. Who knows? They got some shooters on that team. I don't know. But yeah, definitely weird to see 16 shots on that. That's how you get bag skated if you're down by that much, you're trying to pick corner still. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Cam York and Owen Power are going to be a legitimate problem on the back end that might be the best defensive pairing in the Big Ten I think they're undoubtedly top three if you look at it I mean I get get it's still early for own power but right now that that tandem looks scary and Arizona State leaned on uh, Evan DeBrower all last year in net and they went to Cole Brady in net for for game two but Cole Brady is a devil's draft pick so can't be that bad don't know much about him I still think we're going to see DeBrower in game one tomorrow in East Lansing but yeah, in game two, Michigan also – Michigan shut them out. Uh, Michigan beat Arizona State 3-0. Uh, Kent Johnson and Cam York right now lead the nation. I get not many teams have played, but Cam, they lead the nation with five and four points each in two games. Uh, Straussman won Big Ten Player of the Week after you're letting one goal on 33 shots. So, yeah, that's – only time we'll tell how telling that series was for both teams. Is Michigan good? Is Arizona State bad? Was that just a fluky weekend? We'll find out. I think it was a little bit of both. I think, I, I again, going back to the, to the uh, shots, I don't think any top 15 team should ever register 16 shots on net if they get seven power plays. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I, I don't know what it was. I th- I think it was a mix of uh, Michigan just looking really good off the start, which I kind of ate my words last week. I said Mel Pearson has a little bit of a curse and they get off to slow starts, but holy crap, did they <laughs> did they blow that out of the water? 8-1 the first game. Oh, man. But, yeah, it looked like Michigan was really good off the start, and ASU was just – they were slow. They couldn't get anything going. They kept shooting themselves in the foot, giving putting themselves on the power play. So they just really couldn't – couldn't get any momentum going, but we'll see how it goes for them throughout the season. And, I mean, you look at it. Last year, Arizona State had twenty, almost 29 shots per game. And you take the first two games of this season, you have 16 and 17 in games one and two, respectively. You're, you're not going to win hockey games shooting under 20 shots a game. Their power play percentage was fairly even – it was fairly decent last year as well. So, I mean, you know, first game of the season, your power play is not going to be rocking like it usually is later in the season. You know, you you move guys up and down. But, I mean, you got a team that, you know, likes to shoot the puck regularly and a power play that does look pretty deadly from time to time and you just can't get anything done. So, I mean, props to Michigan on that that end, just shutting them down. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. All right, you go ahead. Ah, um, I mean, good thing to look at for uh, for Michigan State fans here. Now we get to face ASU off of that. And um, I don't know if you wanted to go ahead and add something else before I jump into the line previews for MSU that we have here, Hattie. Oh, yeah, I was I was just going to say, uh, I mean, if you're Michigan State, uh, this, this is going to go one of two ways. Either Arizona State's off to a bad start, you can take advantage of it. Or Arizona State just got the biggest chip in the world put on their shoulder because they just got thrashed on national television. And, if, and good teams usually don't they get thrashed and go down without a fight. But, yeah, Ryan did work hard on our line predictions because, <laughs> as of right now, we have no official line charts. We don't even know who's going to be in the lineup for sure. So, yeah, Ryan, take it away with, our, with the behind-the-mask line prediction. So yeah, a little bit of a uh, little bit of guessing here, but I'd, I'd say we did a pretty good job. Um, for the first line, we got a very different looking first line from last year. We got Mitchell Lewandowski on the left side. Of course, he's going to start there. Hopefully, going to be our leading point getter this season. But we'll see if somebody else steps up. Uh, we have Christoph Papp, the freshman 
all the way from Hungary. Uh, he, I mean, he moved to the U.S. in 2009, but uh, Cole has been talking all about this guy, how he's he's just a playmaker. He sees the ice like nobody else. He he seems like he really loves this guy, and I'd say he's going to put him top line center. We got uh, Nicholas Mueller on the right side of that line, and that's the first one. Jumping into the second line, I think Charlie Combs is going to be one of the wingers there with Josh Nodler said uh, Josh Nodler centering, and the freshman AJ Hodges starting on the other side. So a second line that looks very very different. Three new guys on that second line, but Charlie Combs, the uh, graduate transfer from Bemidji State, pretty good offensively. So I think that's going to be a pretty decent line. The third line, luckily some familiar faces. It's going to stay the same, in my opinion. We got Brody Stevens on the left, Tommy Apep centering, and Gianluca Estevez on the right side. Fourth line, this was a little bit of a up-in-the-air guess. Uh, Mitch Madison's going to be the center. Uh, Jagger wow. Joshua, I'm pretty sure, will be on the right side. And then either Adam Goodser or a freshman or the extra Austin Kamer might be in there. I'd say that fourth line is going to switch up a lot. So keep your eye on that. And uh, how do you want to take away the defenseman here? Go right ahead. Yeah. Uh, so for the defenseman, we have Nash Neen House uh, with Cezanne on the top there. Uh, the Krieger brothers stay where they put, were put last year on the second line. And then Tommy Miller is going to anchor the third line, and he's going to have one of three freshmen. Uh, yeah, one of three freshmen on his left side, either Connor, Divitz, or Gallagher. I said that wrong, didn't I? That was that was good. That was good. That was perfect. Divix, okay. Divix, 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 Divix. There we see. Ah. That's why I'm not alone here. <laughs> and then of course uh, we have uh, DeRitter facing off against Dubrower for Game One and Nets with Pierce Char- uh, and, and Danton Cole did say in his press conference. If you missed the updates on my Twitter, again I'll plug later. Um, that Pierce Charlson has played really, really well. He could give DeRitter a legitimate chance. I mean, uh, 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 yeah, a legitimate run where the Ritter doesn't just take over the net by just being old yeah I'm, is, I'm, I'm excited I'm a goalie guy I'll probably say that about you know 20 times this whole entire season on the pod but I love last podcast I talked about I love having a goalie competition and I I want to see I'm, I'm gonna put in a I'm gonna slide in a little hot take here I'm saying this is not Drew DeRitter's net halfway through the season. I think Pierce Charleston is going to take it over. Sorry sorry for that hot take out of nowhere, but I just got to say it. I just got to put it out there. It's okay. If it blows up, then you just look as stupid as I do. <laughs> I mean, like you said, goalie competition is good. Um, seeing DeRitter battle through some adversity last year, you know, getting that starting position taken away by Lethman, who just absolutely blew the rails off of everybody. Um couple games into the season I mean he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder to kind of reclaim his uh his territory his net his crease so you know bringing in Charleston should be a very it's a good move for Cole you know hype him up and you know it's you're only as good as your weakest link um as the saying goes I'm not saying that um in a derogatory sense but I'm just saying you know you have goalie competition that's it's really good. And if you got a one, two combo, we see it works in a lot of, for a lot of teams, whether you're in the NCAA or in the NHL, it's, you know, you need to be able to have a reliable backup as well, because things happen when you're in college and you're playing back to backs, you know, guys get tired near the end of the season. It's good to have that second guy there. And if I could basically make a comment on uh, our line previews, which great job, Ryan, um, you really hit it on the head. this one. Thank you, thank you. Um, if you really look at this and you take a deep dive, I really I can see uh, Coach Cole really putting emphasis on having at least one or two guys on each line who have played uh, Big Ten hockey before for at least a couple of years. You know, you got your um, your upperclassmen and Lewandowski on the first line, the grad transfer and Combs on the second. That third line is just deadly with Apap Stevens and Estevez, and then you know. Your fourth line, you got Goodsir and Joshua, who kind of were in and out of the lineup last year. Um, so no matter who you put in on that fourth line, if you always have somebody there that has some experience, it's great. And then it works even better on defense. You know, Sana paired with Neenhaus. You got the Krieger brothers on that second pair. And then Tommy Miller on that third pair. 
it doesn't matter who else you put with them. You give you give these younger guys some confidence if they're playing with somebody with experience. They're not going to be as as nervous. You know, you make a mistake, get off the ice, you take your shift, and then you get back out there on the next one. Because most of the time, those those uh, those veteran players are going to be there to you know take up some of the slack. You know, calm calm the nerves. So. Yeah, and one thing that Coach Cole talks about all the time, he brings this up, I feel like, every press conference I've listened to. He wants young guys with old guys. So that's kind of what I went off with the line previews. I put mostly, you know, two returners with a new guy or Charlie Combs, who is a graduate transfer, with Nodler and a new guy. So he preaches he wants experience with new guys, and he thinks that will make the team gel really well. So I'm looking forward to it. Let's see how it goes. Let's see if I'm right with that, but I don't know. <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, Cole definitely has a method to his madness. Uh, he said he always wants young guys with old guys, and he also wants at least one guy on every on every line that has like that's a really strong skater, like someone that could really turn on the Jets and kind of spread out the ice. So there's a method to his madness, and there's no way to know until we see tomorrow when they pass out the line charts, which of course I will tweet a picture out to just follow me again. I will, I promise I'll say this out later. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, so we've talked about Arizona state and Michigan state as separate hockey teams. Now it's time to preview them as a matchup. Mm -hmm. What was that? No, I, I just said, oh, I'm excited for our first preview, man. I'm excited. I want to get into this. Let's go. <laughs> of course. Uh, so yeah, uh, both games are at 6 PM. I'll be covering from inside a month. Uh, the games open up tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Uh, Arizona State, as we said before, is coming off of getting swept by Michigan. So we'll see how they respond to that. Did they come out fast? Did they come out slow and timid and scared that that'll happen again? And basically the main players to uh, watch for Arizona State is just that lethal, lethal first line of James Sanchez, Sean Doogie, the Wisconsin transfer, and Johnny Walker, their captain. It just – that first line in general, if you do, if you let them run, they will destroy you. Yeah. Um, I Sean Doogie, the transfer from Wisconsin, right? That's correct. Yes. guys. Yeah. He's, Absolutely. he's a little, I, I saw the, uh, the Michigan Arizona state series last week and I saw five foot three on the ice. He's, he's, he's a fun guy to watch. He's, he's shifty. He moves fast. He's got, he's got hands, but him and then uh there's one other that i want to point out ryan o'reilly he's i think he's a fourth liner but he's got the only goal from arizona state on the season and um i i just looked at him coming in he's a freshman for arizona state he's actually he actually got drafted by the detroit red wings um 98th overall fourth round in 2018 so if you're a detroit yes. red wings fan there we go. Look out for him. But that's just one name I wanted to add to the lookout for them on the ASU roster. Yeah. I mean, no, no, my bad. Go ahead. Yeah, you're good. Um, you talk about the transfer from Wisconsin, Doogie. Um, I'm pretty sure he played with his brother last year on that same Badger team. But, you know, from what I remember – MSU's defense really kind of kept him on lock. I mean, he was he was a bit shifty in the uh, two games that they played he, at uh, Munn, um, but I don't really remember him impacting the game at all. Um, I know the uh, defense did a pretty good job at neutralizing him, especially in the corners. You get a guy who's five foot three. Yeah, that's pretty small, but I mean, they can get into areas that you never thought possible on the ice. I mean. You get two or three guys in a scrum along the wall, you want that short guy in there who's just going to go in and just do whatever he can, like a mad dog, and just get that puck out of there, pass it up to the point, and, you know, you get an odd man situation, get pucks on net. So it should be a pretty fun game to watch with um, him kind of, you know, turning the tables from last year on a new line with a new team. I mean, it should be pretty interesting to watch. I got one more sure. thing on that. Congrats to uh, James Sanchez on ASU. He's the first player in Arizona State hockey history ever, even though they've only been alive for four years or so. But first person ever to get 40 points in a season. So good job, James Sanchez, last year. Good job, buddy. Round of applause. Yes, yes. It is nice to see Arizona State do well in the college hockey world. Mm -hmm. College hockey is very heavily, heavily centered in the Midwest and East Coast. Like, after you, like, go west of Minnesota, there's 
<laughs> really, really nothing. Like you get, you, you get Arizona State and Alaska Anchorage. That's yeah. That's it. So, and of course, we it. all love hockey. We'd love to see it expand. North Dakota. Are we not? Are we going to forget about North Dakota? Oh, or do I not North know Dakota. U.S. geography? No, 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 that's that's in between. I I said it. I don't know if I don't know if Zoom picked it up though. It's we're we're running with you know Zoom conferences for behind the mask here. It's not not the easiest thing in the world, but we're making it work for you guys. I will so. say though, when I was coming to college, you know, looking at those uh, new teams that came into the NCAA, um, including Arizona State, they have a beautiful facility. Their ice rink is beautiful. Arizona State. Yeah. The one they will get is. Have you seen the one they're playing now? Oh, I, I don't want to see it. <laughs> no, it, it looks like a local rink. Like, I play at hockey tournaments and stuff. I thought that's that, what he was talking about it. at first. I'm I like, mean, you that know. tidy. <laughs> whenever the other the only other hockey team in the state of Arizona is the uh, the Coyotes, and you kind of see how that, that has gone on for the past couple of years, you know, you can kind of see what's going on there. Yeah, no. Arizona State will look nice, but for now they're playing in a downgraded version of uh, suburbanized East Lansing. Jeez. Oh, yeah. They deserve better. I mean, I, I like the program. They just deserve better. Hockey never gets funding. That's my high school. But, yeah. Um, anyway, so we previewed the uh, both rosters. Uh, so which uh, Spartans do you look at to have big roles if the Michigan State's going to pull this off this weekend? So – I got a lot, so I'll, I'll try to I'll try to be a little little decisive with my reasoning. But you got to look at these returning sophomores. There was only three of them: uh, Jagger Joshua, uh, Josh Nadler, Nicholas Mueller, and all of them looked pretty comfortable as freshmen. But I want to see how they step up this year. They're obviously they're freshmen last year, sophomore this year. Uh, Coach Cole's talked about how. Joshua's gotten a lot faster and a lot stronger, and he thinks he's going to be a lot more of a prolific point getter this year. But I'm I'm looking towards those sophomores more. And uh, hey, maybe maybe if DeRitter doesn't have the best first game, I'm I'm on the Pierce Charleston train here. I've brought him up five, ten, twenty times already. We get get to maybe look at him in net if Drew DeRitter doesn't do that good in the first game. You just really want to go with competition. <laughs> I, I like it, man. I like it. <laughs> okay, what are you looking at? Um, I don't know. You know, Ryan kind of just blew me off the tracks. Just you know, abandoning the de ridership. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm gonna have to go back up to the lines, but you lose five out of your top ten or top seven scorers. You know, offense is gonna be hard to come by. But like I said, uh, first first podcast third line third and fourth line you know you're only as good as your weakest length if, if you get depth scoring you should be great but i mean you get anywhere of a, about a point per game to about three quarters of a point per game from your third and fourth line you're doing pretty well you know your third and fourth line guys are grinders most of them most of the time they're shot blockers or you know you put them in there to basically neutralize the other team's top lines every now and then, you know, if you, if you get it, if you find a good at uh, mismatch halfway through the game. So for me, um, it's going to be those upperclassmen on those lower lines. Uh, good sir. APAP should be really looking forward to seeing them. Oh, come on, Cam. I can't, I can't hold you to that. If, if you fail, I need, I need one name. Let's go, a let's go, APAP. I'm fully on board the Tommy Tommy train. Woo woo. <laughs> Tommy APAP, Tommy Miller, you know, you get a C, you know, you're basically held to a higher standard. And, you know, I'm pretty sure he'll rally the troops and we'll see how it goes. But I mean, the Tommy train, if it's, if you see the train coming, you better get off the tracks. Mm -hmm. And that's a nice fact. <laughs> All right. I was going between two. As Ryan predicted, Mueller will start on the first line. I liked him coming in. I always like international, like, um, it, like, I, I always like strong skaters who come in internationally because they, they, they just bring a certain skill set and they play the game different that they, you know, they, they think about the game differently. So Mueller was one I was thinking of, but actually I'm going to go with Jaeger Joshua. 
Uh, Arizona State has eight forwards underneath six foot, and I believe Joshua sits at six two, six three, something like that. So basically, uh, Joshua will need to do what Michigan did and put Arizona State on their heels, and they can, he can do that with physicality. They're going to need to win 50-50 pucks, and he's kind of uh, – Joshua's kind of the guy that they go to to kind of intimidate and, you know, throw the body around, intimidate, get in their, own, uh, get in their heads. So I'm looking at Joshua to do more of a psychological than statistical impact this weekend. Not this weekend. Of course I have it. Uh, this week – Thursday, Friday, whatever. I'll go with that. So, yeah, that is our Spartans to watch. All right, we do have more picks to get to, but before that, uh, I'm going to introduce a new segment because, mm-hmm. well, I'm abusing, my, I'm, I'm abusing my host privileges and I'm just adding segments without asking people. Do you, do you need a drum roll? Do, do, do you want us to do a drum roll real quick? I can do oh, no, I can't imagine no, it goes well on the Zoom. No, okay, no, no, let's skip the drum roll. Just, just envision one. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> So uh, I'm going to call this blank wind if. Basically, you're going to complete uh, – each of us are going to complete the sentence, and it's basically going to go Arizona State will win if, Michigan State will win if. So, Ryan Cam, Arizona State will win if. I'd say ASU will win if they – I'm going to choose the easy one. They use the chip on their shoulder from getting swept by Michigan. If they use that well, they will win. And if they don't put themselves on the penalty and get momentum, they will win. Beautifully spoken. Wins, if they could capitalize on the power play, you're facing a very young team in Michigan State who last year got into penalty trouble really early in games and really late in games. And with young teams, the discipline factor sometimes isn't there. So if you're if you're Arizona State, you really want to if you get on those if you get on the on the trot, you got to put puck. You got to put a puck in the net. You got to capitalize on your chances. I like that. All right. I say Arizona State will win if they keep it deep in the Spartan zone. If you can catch these young kids, kind of, um, kind of off their line changes. If you can, like, if you can pinch and hold pucks in and keep it in the corner, and basically keep the Spartan uh, defenders out there in their own defensive zone, eventually they they will break down and they'll capitalize on it. Arizona State's going to have to take some chances. They're just going to have to keep shooting it in, cycling it until something opens up. Now, Michigan State will win if. They will win if what Dan Cole and what I've been reading about, about the preseason is correct. I've heard the team is banding together. They've had a lot of time in the preseason. If you think they, uh, the hockey players did move back into campus, I'm pretty sure, late July. So they've had a lot of time to get to know each other, get together. I'm not sure how much because of COVID and all this and that. But they will win if their preseason is as good as I think it is and if Dan Cole gets these boys to rally together and play some good hockey. Yeah, all that's right. all. <laughs> I like the enthusiasm. Go ahead, Kim. Yes. MSU wins if they control the dots. If they basically, if they t- if they can take one thing from last year, it's finishing top ten in faceoff percentage, fifty three point eight percent on the dots. You control the faceoff circles. You you control the tempo of the game. You control time of possession, especially with a young. I'm going to say this multiple times throughout the season. Young team, you're going to have players who don't really want the puck at first, but you got to ease them into it. You control time of, time of possession whether it's um, in the offense, in the offensive zone, or in the neutral zone, you're going to, con- you're going to dictate control of the game. And if, that's, if you're the Spartans, that's what you want to do. You do not want to give it to, to Arizona State, who has a pretty potent offense. You, you want to control the tempo of this game. And the only way to do that is to win the faceoffs. Yeah, I, I like that. I didn't think of that. Uh, and honestly, one of the biggest, uh, biggest returners in that category was Tommy Apap, which I believe finished, like, he was flirting with 60% in the, in, in the faceoff circle at, uh, towards the end of last year. Don't quote me on that. It's been uh, eight months since I've covered hockey. Still getting back into it. But yeah, Tommy Apap got on the faceoff dots, and then a lot of unproven centers. Right, uh, so. let, me, let me rewind on what I said a little bit ago. I'd say if their preseason is good, but I got to add something. 
uh, Coach Cole talked about depth. He talked about how he uh, he finally has, or he didn't talk about this, but he finally has all four years of recruits. It's all his guys now, and you welcome in nine freshmen and one grad transfer. He has preached depth, and if this depth works well, I don't know. I would say expect a Michigan State team to do better than most people think because if you think about it, two years ago we lost Tara Hirose going into the season. People were saying it's going to be a regressed Michigan State team. They're not going to be as good. They got better. This year, we're losing our leading scorer, Patrick Cordorinko. We got more depth, though. So who knows? Who knows? Like that. Jumped on it quick. All right. So, what was it? Yes. Sorry, brain fart. Uh, Michigan State will win if they uh, if they score first. You saw with Michigan. Uh, Michigan kind of just kind of jumped on them early and put Arizona State on their toes. I think after that happened, I think Arizona State's kind of scared of going down quick. So if Michigan State can like get one lucky or not lucky that they if, if basically if they, if they score first, I think Michigan State wins. I actually expect whoever scores first in both games to uh, put up a win. And that is a statistically very good team when scoring first as well as leading after two periods. Even better at home. We just we we just love the statistics. <laughs> You're taking my role from last year. Sorry, it's going to be statistics and train references from me from from now on. You too. <laughs> you put Brandon, and I love it. You have the you have the train in East Lansing, so you know you got to reference it every now and then. I'm about seven miles away from it. And I can still hear it every night. Ah, uh, yes. Train that waits for me to drive for so it can go. All right, but uh, now it is our last – it's officially our last chance to put in our uh, preseason prediction for the season. We are going to each predict Michigan State's record at the end of the regular season. Again, they are playing 28 games, 24 in conference, and four versus Arizona State. So that's 28 games in total. Gentlemen, what do we have as their final uh, record? I have 12 wins, 14 losses, two ties. Even though I said look at the depth and who knows we could be better – I just I'm going for an easy prediction, a little bit of kind of the same season we saw last year, but 12 wins, 14 losses, two ties for me. We'll see how it goes. I've got them going 12, 12, and four. Uh, this is a team that's actually been on the rise in terms of uh, Big Ten wins and Big Ten points accumulated over the past, I think, two to three years. So. You know, having a Big Ten-only um, schedule this year should really help them out. But, you know, I'm kind of going straight down the middle, and we'll, we'll see what happens at the end of the season. I'll probably look back at this and regret um, typing in these numbers. But, yeah. Uh, I went with 11-14-3. Dan Cole is a very, very, very good hockey coach. Uh, he, he finds a way to never get really blown out of any games. He, like, his team is always it, – it, it seems like they're always within one or two if they're not winning uh, and going into the third period. But I think that lack of depth and lack of conditioning is going to hurt a young team, and I have 11-14-3. We all hope those are just radically wrong and they blow us out of the water. That would be – that would be great. That would be great for us. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we cover Spartan hockey. <laughs> like, it'd be, way, it'd, be way, it'd be way more fun for us if they went 28-0. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, that's a dream. I'd say they could do it. You know, perfect. Let's, let's go. <laughs> Hats off for them. They can pull it off, but we have some picks to make. Yes, we do. We are in the, we're in the process of putting music over it. There's some technicalities behind the scenes, but we'll get it all figured out. But for, the, for now, uh, I do have an announcement again, I'm using my host powers. I'm going to let everyone change their picks just this one week because well, it's COVID. We can make exceptions. And this is kind of my way to say, I'm sorry, Wisconsin. Please don't let me pick you as 0-6 and keep it that way. <laughs> so we will go through. Um, so yeah, just to recap our picks from last week, uh, Wisconsin at Notre Dame. Uh, Wisconsin swept. Two of us had Notre Dame. Two of us had a split. All wrong there. Uh, and then time to pat myself on the back here. Arizona State at Michigan. Uh, everyone else picked a split. I picked the Michigan sweep, and I got it correct. Save your applause. Two points for Hattie. 
on the so, board. Yes, I'm on. I am on the board. A dominant two to zero to zero to zero. Again, Jacob's extension is just too busy and too cool for us. He'll be back next week. Ah, yes. And I gave him a chance to make his picks different. So if he didn't, well, that's just on him. But again, we are looking forward to this week. We have five series to cover between now and next Wednesday when we record next, which is the 25th. So uh, first one, of course, let's get the obvious one out of the way that we are required to cover. Arizona State at Michigan State. Does anyone, uh, as of right now, Jacob has Arizona State. I have Arizona State, and both of you have a split. Are you going to stick with that? I'm going to stick with that. I, I'm an optimistic optimist. There we go. Um, I hope Michigan State does well. And like I've said before, well-coached team. Dan Cole's great. Good getting these guys prepped to go for the season. I'm guessing the split, and it's staying that way. I'm locking in a split as well as my final answer. Um, like Ryan said, it's a really well-coached team, and I think they're going to surprise a lot of people out of the gates. I like that. Um, and I'm going to side with you guys. I had an Arizona State split originally, but I'm going to pump the brakes. I'm going to go with split as well. I think Michigan State takes their opening game tomorrow, and I think Arizona State takes the game too. Uh, next one, Penn State at Minnesota. Uh, Jacob and I had a split. Both of you had a Minnesota. Uh, are you – are both of you going to stick with that? I'm sticking with that. I just nothing, no real reason. I just think Minnesota is going to get the sweep. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> just for the fun of it, I do love saying Minnesota, so we're going to keep it that way. You know, the Golden Gophers, one of the best college uh, mascots, I think, of all time. Um, just because, I mean, you have you can have a basic golfer, but you know. A golden, a golden golfer. They wear those nice chrome gold helmets on the ice. It looks beautiful. I think they uh, they take both games. Don't you mistake Notre Dame and Minnesota's helmets. That is just a sin. Oh, wait. They don't wear – oh, they don't wear the chrome helmets. Womp, 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 no, womp, womp, Notre Dame does. They're the yellow ones. <laughs> and this oh, my God. I feel like Hattie at the beginning of the episode. He would have got away with it, too, if it wasn't for you, Hattie. If it wasn't for you. All right, so Ryan, you're next on the list of making a blunder. Well, do I don't think that happens ever. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I beg to differ, but – I am going to incorporate more, more uniform talk in this podcast because I forced it down Johnny Supan and Ryan Collins' throat last year, and I will do it again this year. I love ho- I love hockey uniforms and talking about them. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Forget it. We could we could do it right now. I, I want you to rate the Michigan State <laughs> Arizona State uh, uniform matchup as a whole. Are is Arizona State using the same ones they used against Michigan? I'm assuming. Yeah, like the the ones that in, they incorporated like gray on the sleeve. Yeah, I. I like the the color combination of I'm not sure if I'm getting these colors exactly correct, but maroon yellow. It's just whatever uh whatever way you put it, if it's near maroon and yellow, I think it's an elite color combination. And putting the gray into that, like I like two colors, but you put a third color and it's gray, it matches well, it works. They made a jersey that people could actually look at and go like, wow, that's a nice jersey. Good job, ASU. Apparently a lot of people and a lot of teams can't do that. But, I mean, I, I like the jerseys. And Michigan State's just – they're just beautiful. I like them. I like the curse on the front. Can't go wrong with that. No, you can't. Beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I, like, I like them. I really love the incorporation of the gray on the sleeve. Um, and the fact that the the CNAs are in the state of like an outline of the and are in an outline of the state of Arizona, like those a lot. However, I do demand that you give me a cursive uh, word mark on the on one of the jerseys. I need an alternate. <laughs> put 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 uh, put cursive on your blackout. <laughs> Overall, Saudi uniforms. The crest, if I have this jersey correct, is beautiful. Uh, it's a Triton, but I don't think it is a Triton. Uh, there's got to be a different word for it because, you know, if you're the Arizona State Sun Devils, um, there's nothing to do with water there, which is usually what a Triton is meant for. But, you know, that's beautiful. Just, yeah. hmm? just call it a pitchfork. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we can call it a pitchfork, yeah. Beautiful yeah, yeah. accents on it. Um. Can't you guess? I guess you can't really go wrong with it, you know. Maroon, gray, 
slight yellow and that little bit of black just gives it a lot more character. Probably a, that's a really good jersey in my book. Sorry for taking us way off topic there. <laughs> Back to the regular schedule program. Don't turn the veto on me, taking us <laughs> off topic. Oh, no, I like talking about jerseys. So hopefully we can do a little more in a bit, but, yeah, let's get back to these picks. Oh, there's more coming. <laughs> but, yeah, um, so Penn, uh, not, number nine, Penn State at number 14, Minnesota. I haven't updated those, the rankings since. I don't, I don't know if they updated them because uh, not everyone played. But, yeah, uh, I have a split in both of you at Minnesota. So, the next up on the list, number 12, Michigan at Wisconsin, who burned me bad. Uh, uh, we all have Michigan clean sweeps across the board. Do any of you want to change it? Um, I mean, this you... is in Madison. Oh, you know what? No, I'm not going to change it. Michigan looked way too good. I'm going to keep Michigan with the sweep. <laughs> yeah, but so do Wisconsin. I don't care where uh, this is played. Michigan is taking it. I am very sorry. To all the Badger fans out there, just to the my team. lead, I might want to spite one of you. Ooh, I and Wisconsin about did. That. Wisconsin did shut out Notre Dame in South Bend, but I would look really silly if I took the team that I said would finish dead last and take them to <laughs> even compete with my like elite team that I said Michigan was. So you know what. Just, just for the sake of uh, taking points from you guys, I'm going to split. So I got my morals. He's That's exercising move, the change. I That's am. a move, Cotton. We'll see bold. if it works out for him. I don't want them to burn me that much. And, well, I mean, think about it. If it goes wrong, then my Michigan, my Michigan pick still looks, you know, smart. But the next one, early weekday games next week, actually. Uh, these will take place, I believe, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, uh, on the 23rd and 24th. Uh, so Minnesota will play this weekend, and they'll play early next week. So keep that in mind when you're making these picks, because number 10, Ohio State travels to number 14, Minnesota. We all picked a split across the board. Does anyone want to change their pick? All set, locked in on the split, Hattie. I. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna keep it the same. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get crazy with my picks. I think you know uh, since Minnesota's staying in state. You know, you're not having to worry about travel days, especially with the. I mean, you're playing essentially four games in about seven days. I think if you take away travel, you know, you may lose that first game, but that second game, you should be ready. You know, you are kind of right, but I am going to change my pick here. I'm going to go with an Ohio State sweep because when I think to myself that they have to play against number nine in the country twice and then get three three or two days of rest and then turn around and play Tommy Napier and the Buckeyes, I don't see it happening. I don't don't see them having the legs Mm -hmm. for that. These are still young kids. You bring up a good point, but I I can't unlock the lock I did earlier, so I'm keeping that. (laughs) You know, fair. And then our last pick – uh, on this week's slate, number nine, Penn State travels to Madison to take on the Badgers. Again, we picked a Penn State sweep across. If anyone, and if anyone wants to change their pick, do it now. All set. Nope. All set. It's a hockey school now. <laughs> Penn State's a hockey. Oh man, <laughs> they're a football team. Oh. Happy Valley has not been happy for the past couple of weeks. So no, no, no. Something to cheer about. It, it all Again, went for the downhill. sake of taking points from you guys, I'm going okay. split. Ooh. It's going for right, the I'm, point game. I'm calling it now. If Hattie wins every single one of these picks this week, he's a time traveler. Yep. Yeah, I would I would confirmed. second that as well. He is a time traveler yeah. confirmed. This yeah. will be unfair. And it's well, what do you think of it? This the, you've never been able to change your picks and the predictions before. Hattie knows, like, oops, I didn't time travel, time travel right. Let me let me go back. Let me say, oh, let me let me just change the picture real quick and change them live to make himself look. I see, I see what's going on here. I do see what's going on here, Hattie. False accusations. <laughs> Hashtag Hattie is a time traveler confirmed. <laughs> the trending boys. No. <laughs> We're gonna get him trending one day. Love that. But 
Ryan, you you just added something in our little extra column here. Yes, indeed. Something very interesting came out in the NHL world. Hopefully we could talk about some NHL. We'll, we'll try to make these podcasts a little shorter. I know these first two have been quite long, but we'll try to get some NHL talk into the, the back end of them. But we got to talk about these jerseys. I'm, I'm only picking one, but recently, just this week, the NHL finally released the reverse retro jerseys, which is basically... Uh, taking a retro jersey from any team could be 90s, 80s, 60s, any time, and just basically flipping the colors on them. So they, I was really excited about this. I'm, we're all big jersey guys, but uh, I, I just wanted to say your favorite one and back it up. And I, I looked at all of them for a while, and I got to go with the, the Arizona Coyotes. It's the purple with the the Robo Yo, the Robo Coyote on the front with the little devil land or uh desert landscape on the bottom i know you guys can't see it right now i wish we had some video we could show you but go search that jersey up it's an absolute beaut and i don't like the coyotes at all but i, I want to drop some money on it man <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i didn't like them that much who george what i did like though i have a tie for first place uh both probably unpopular all right so for one i had the lightning and for two i had winnipeg i love the gray Wow, adore it! The lightning as the first one. I, I mean, I think it's a, it's a clean looking old jersey, but for your favorite out of all of them, wow, that's that's a hot take right there, in my opinion. Blue, black, white, and gray never fail together as a combo. No, a, a hot take would be taking the uh, the Anaheim Ducks or the Red Wings or the, <laughs> or oh, the Red Wings. The Red Wings, oh. I mean, it's not even a reverse retro. That's just a, that's just a, that's just a whiteout jersey you didn't finish rendering. <laughs> with with some gray accidentally put on it, you know. Yeah, so we just messed up. For me, it would. I mean, I kind of love the idea of the reverse retro. You know, especially for you get younger kids coming or uh, starting to watch hockey for the first time. You know, I was nine when I started watching hockey. You, you look at these jerseys and you think, okay, the history behind your team, you know, you get a jersey, you know. The New York Rangers bring back, bring back the uh, Statue of Liberty jersey. I used to play with that jersey in, uh, in uh, NHL like 12 or uh, 2K9, I believe. I believe that's a really great jersey. Um, my Dallas Stars did not do me justice, but Ooh. the jersey's starting to grow on me. And I hate to say it. I I should have a tie for first just because of my slight dislike for this team. But second, I have the uh, Carolina Hurricanes with the uh, the Whalers throwbacks. Beautiful jerseys. Beautiful jerseys can't go wrong. The Colorado Avalanche take number one. Oh, it's <laughs> the Nordiques it... jersey in the crimson red. That is the Colorado Avalanche. Is beautiful. They put it on a white jersey, which makes it even better. I am a fan of this jersey. I know fans in Quebec are loving this jersey. Um, and, I mean, it's a really – it was a really smart idea by the NHL to bring the history of some of these franchises into the modern light. And – to that I say, screw your history. The Florida lease around the waist does not look good. Don't care how historic it is, oh. it doesn't look good. Ah. Oh. I said what I said. <laughs> Can we I just don't. agree though that the Minnesota Wild actually did a pretty good job of saying, you know what? We are the state of hockey, and we're gonna bring back the North Stars colors and just keep them on our crest i actually think that was a really smart idea i i really like that the history of the north stars for it's for a fan base that feels disenfranchised after the dallas stars got a winter classic before they did and then ultimately having their winter classic delayed or canceled whatever the nhl did oh my i feel for that franchise eh kind of <laughs> I mean, you know, it's hard looking at the top and you've been to three winter classics. Wait, no, well, whatever. Red Wings have played four outdoor games. Pretty fun games, yeah. That's how I conceded. All right. Um, 
I promise that all episode, it is time to plug our Twitters, especially the one where you can find me and my in-arena coverage tomorrow. So again, my name is Kyle Hattie, and you can find me on Twitter at Kyle Hattie, K-Y-L-E-H-A-T-T-Y-I-N. No spaces, no underscores or nothing. Just Kyle Hattie, I-N. Mine is obviously, sorry, uh, Ryan Radosevich speaking here. Uh, my Twitter at is at Ryan Radosevich. I'll try to spell out the last name real quick, but um, it is R-A-D-O-S-E-V-I-C-H. But I would recommend this season, go follow uh, Hattie's Twitter. He's He's got the credentials. He's got the plug going into there. He's going to be writing all this and that. Go give him a follow. It's okay. And then last, lastly, uh, I'm Cameron McLaren. Um First name C A M E R O N. Actually, wait, I'm plugging my Twitter. What am I doing here? <laughs> All right. You can follow me at Cam underscore McLaren, C A M underscore M C C L A R R E N. And like Ryan said, go give uh, Hattie a follow. He'll be holding down the fort while we wait our turns to uh, cover some uh, Spartan hockey. So follow him for all the details, and hopefully we'll see a uh, very good game between the Sun Devils and the Spartans tomorrow night. Sparky versus Sparty. No, that doesn't sound like it's rolling off the tongue. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, also follow, w- follow WDBM Sports, and I'm sure they'll retweet anything of note that we tweet out, including, like, our, you know, press coverage live feed, uh, live, yeah, our live tweets from press conferences, our live tweets from games, anything else like that. So, final order of business, gentlemen. We do need to rate the episode. Uh, rate yes. it. I I don't know. I think it was a really good episode. Uh, I give it. I give it a B plus. B plus. Feeling nice. I'm giving us an A minus. Okay. I would say a B plus, but given the talk over uh, the jersey battle that will ensue <laughs> tomorrow, we're bringing it to an A minus. Can't fault you for your own picks. All right, well, that was our final, our, our last order of business. We covered a lot today, but we're not even close to them. We're not even close to being done with hockey for the weekend. So, on behalf of Cam, Ryan, uh, Jacob, and myself, this is Brian the Mask. Thank you for listening.